In Matthew 16, verse 26, Jesus asks the question, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul, or, or what should a man give in return for his soul? Well, in this week's episode, we're focused on two questions. What is the gain or profit that your soul gets from giving into lust and porn and masturbation? And then what is the gain or what is the profit that your soul gets from denying what your flesh wants and instead fully surrendering to the heart of God? Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This week's episode is entitled Gains and Losses. So ready or not, here we go. Let me repeat what I said in the opener. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, Jesus asks a very powerful question. He says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? Matthew 16, 26. I want us to begin this episode by thinking very carefully about what Jesus is asking us here. What is the gain? What is the profit that your soul gets from giving into lust and porn and masturbation? Now, I'm not asking what is the gain or what is the profit that your flesh gets. That wasn't Jesus' question. His question was, what will it profit a man? What will it, will it gain your soul if you give in to lust and porn and masturbation? And the flip side of that is, is this question, what is the gain? What is the profit that your soul gets when you choose to deny what the flesh wants and instead fully surrender your heart to God? I want you to consider this. Only your flesh benefits, if you even want to call it that, from giving in to your sinful temptations. Never your soul. Only the flesh. And even so, that gain, that benefit, and I even I, I hesitate to call it that, but let's just call it that for argument's sake. That gain that your flesh receives is temporary. It's short-lived. And it's eternally worthless. Jonah chapter 2, verse 8 tells us that those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. So again, let me ask you, why do you repeatedly choose to turn your back on the blessings, the glorious, amazing, abundant blessings that God has promised to give you just so that you can experience the temporary pleasure that lust and porn and masturbation may or may not provide you. Why? I love the words of Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, where the psalmist says this, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, Psalm 42, 1 and 2. Now think about this for a second. Why is the deer panting for flowing streams? Probably because it's being chased by an enemy that wants to devour it. So it's running hard to save its life. Well, I want you to consider this. You 
are being chased by a foe that wants to devour you. Genesis 4, 7 says, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you. 1 Peter 5, 8 warns, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That's powerful imagery. I mean, picture in your mind's eye a lion stalking its prey. It's crouched low in the tall grass. It's intently scanning the herd. But as it is, what is it looking for? Specifically, what is it looking for and why? It's seeking out the most vulnerable. It's searching the herd for the weakest. It's on the hunt for the one that is separated from the rest. The one that's trying to do life on its own. Okay, now, here's a question I want you to consider. When it comes to sexual purity, when and where are you most vulnerable? When and where are you the weakest? When and where is the enemy most likely to attack you? Now, I want you to be specific in your response. Think about this. When and where? As a born-again child of God, your soul should pant. It should long for. It should thirst for and deeply desire God especially in those weak and vulnerable moments when the enemy is bearing down on you, intent on devouring you. Listen, listen to what God says in Isaiah 55, verse 1. He says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Now, now I have a question for you. In what ways has lust and porn and masturbation and sexual impurity thoroughly quenched your thirst. Now, don't be honest here. What ways has lust, porn, and masturbation, what ways has sexual impurity thoroughly quenched your thirst, satisfied the thirst? Truth be told, it hasn't because it can't. So why? Why are you choosing to keep going back and keep going back and keep going back to that which is not satisfying? It's not meeting your need. Seriously, why? Well, we saw earlier in John chapter 7, verse 37, that Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. David also cried out in Psalm 63, verses 1 and 2, Oh God! You are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power. Psalm 63, 1 and 2. In Psalm 84, verse 2 The psalmist says, my soul longs. Yes, it faints for the courts of the Lord. Here's a fact. Listen, watch this now. Your soul is thirsty, my friend. And it's a thirst that only God can quench. Not lust, not porn, not masturbation, not sexually acting out. Only God can quench that thirst of your soul. In Psalm 45, I'm sorry, Psalm 42, verse 5, the question is asked, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, 
for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 42, 5. You see, when, when you choose to surrender to the beast, and it is a choice, when you choose to give in to sexual temptation, your soul, the, the core of who you really are, is, as the psalmist put it, downcast. It's discouraged. It's feeling down. Your soul is disturbed within you. That's, that's the, the conviction that you are having from the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the guilt and the shame that you're feeling. Your soul is in turmoil. It's in conflict within you. Why? Because you're choosing to live for King me. You're choosing to serve King me instead of putting your hope in God. You're choosing to worship a false God. And that false God is powerless to satisfy and fulfill you. <laughs> here's the truth. Here's, here's a fact. Watch this. Now, King me will always let you down. Mark it down. Highlight it, underline it, circle it, put a star by it. King me will always let you down. King me will always fail you. Why? Because King me is not God. God, the almighty, most holy, sovereign, creator of the universe, God will never let you down. Not now, not later, not ever. So you don't have to be downcast. You don't have to be disturbed. You don't have to experience guilt and feel shame. Lamentations 3.24 says, The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. In other words, the Lord, Jesus Christ, an intimate relationship with God is all, it is everything that you need. Not lust, not porn, not masturbation, not the things that temporarily satisfy the sinful flesh. The Lord is all that you need. All, A-L-L, all. And you've heard me say this before. All means all, and that's all all means. Therefore, watch this now, you must put all of your focus, all of your attention, all your hope on him all the time. So I have another question for you. Will you choose right here, right now, will you choose to do that? Not just while you're listening to this episode, not just throughout the rest of this day, through the rest of your life. In a previous episode, we invested some time looking at Psalm 25, verse 1. I'd like us to consider that verse again here. In Psalm 25, verse 1, David says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. David is fully and completely, seriously surrendering all of his life to the Creator. What about you? Can I be candid with you? Now, I'm going to assume that you said yes, even if you said no, because I can't hear you. So no matter what, I'm going to be candid right now. My goal right here and right now is for you to openly and willingly acknowledge that you've not yet fully surrendered all of your sexual passions and temptations over to God. Until you seriously surrender everything to God, until you allow, allow Him to be the Lord of every aspect of your life, everything, you will continue to struggle with sexual impurity. Guaranteed. Remember, we've said this many times over this, episode, over this podcast, 
The problem we're struggling with is not lust. It's not porn. It's not masturbation. It's not alcohol, drugs, anger, worry, anxiety, gluttony, fear, greed, pride, control. Those are not the the problem. They are the byproducts of the real problem. The real problem is a worship disorder. Who is sitting on the throne of your heart? I do what I do because in my heart I want what I want. Well, before we move on, let me share with you a couple more things about lifting up your soul to God, according to Psalm 25, verse 1. Consider this. In Psalm 23, verse 3, David says that God restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want you to think about that. God restores. He refreshes your soul. Now, can you honestly say that lust does that? Can can you truthfully say that porn or masturbation or sexually acting out refreshes your soul? Come on, face it. Does sexual sin ever refresh the soul? No, of course it doesn't. Okay, okay, why not? Sexual impurity in any form only makes the flesh feel good. It does absolutely nothing for your soul. So when you engage in sexual sin, you end up feeling empty inside, dissatisfied after giving in to the temptation. You see, instead of feeling fulfilled, you feel unfulfilled. You feel the shame of your guilt before a holy God. Why? Because sexual impurity can never, it will never satisfy the soul. Here's what does satisfy the soul. In Psalm 100, I'm sorry, in Psalm 19, verse 7, David said, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Let me repeat that. Psalm 19, verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. I want you to think about this restoring. reviving the soul, the soul that you just lifted up to God, that starts by filling your mind with the cleansing power of God's word daily. That's why it's so vital that you discipline yourself to daily open your Bible and read it, study it, meditate on it, memorize it. Not just do a little quick five-minute flowery devotional. Dive deep, dig into the Word of God. You see, Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. You see, God's Word acts as a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, Psalm 119, 105. That's why we're to Colossians three sixteen. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. When you choose daily to do this, to open your Bible and let God's word permeate and saturate your heart and your mind, that's when your soul will be deeply satisfied. A satisfaction that you cannot experience when you try to satisfy the flesh. Fact is, our spiritual enemies are crying out for our attention. They're battling for our worship. You see, this is why as we choose to lift up our soul, we desperately need God 
Psalm 23, 3, to lead us in his paths of righteousness. Now, think about this. The primary way that God leads us in those paths of righteousness today is through the reading, studying, meditation, memorization, and obedience to the word of God. That's why Psalm 19, verse 8 says, The commandment of the Lord is pure. It enlightens the eyes. Imagine for for just a moment that you're in an unfamiliar place. You've never been there before, and you're in the middle of a moonless, starless, cloudy night. It is pitch black, and you cannot see a thing. First thing you're going to do is you're going to grab a flashlight, whether it's your smartphone or just an old traditional flashlight, and you're going to turn it on. Why? To enlighten your eyes. When you turn that flashlight on, the light coming from that flashlight enables you to see where you're going. That light ensures you're not going to trip. You're not going to stumble as long as you pay attention to what it's showing you. As long as you follow that light, you will not fall. That light shows you the way to go. It illuminates the obstacles that may trip you up. You see, this is why David says in Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word, the scriptures, the Bible, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Psalm 43, verse 3, the psalmist prays, Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill, to your dwelling. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, Solomon declared that the commandment of God is a lamp and his teaching is a light. In Psalm eighteen twenty-eight, it says, It is you, God, who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. Oh, my friend, listen, you, you cannot expect to be free from sexual temptation. You cannot presume to triumph over the three-headed dragon of lust, porn, and masturbation if you choose to not invest your time seeking the heart of God. If you choose to not, to, to, to not study and meditate in his word, if you choose to not read your Bible, listen, God will. It's a promise from Scripture. God will lead you to victory. Only if you daily choose to seek him first, Matthew 6, promises, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else will fall into place. Choose to willingly follow him wherever he may lead, Matthew 16, 24. I don't want you to miss the fact that daily studying God's word provides you with that much-needed light. It illuminates that otherwise obscure path. It shows you which way to go so that you will not stumble, you will not fall, you will not sin. Proverbs 4.19 warns us that the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Think about this. Without the light, you will stumble. Without the light, you will fall. Without the light of Scripture, you will sin. That's why it's so vital, so critical, so necessary that we are in God's Word daily. I know this is, this is a horse I keep beating, but it, I, I do it because I believe in it with all my heart. The reading of and studying and meditating and walking in obedience to God's word has drastically changed my life. Listen, it is critical 
that we choose to allow God's word to be that lamp to our feet and light to our path for every step we take, for every choice we make. I want you to also notice that in Psalm 23, verse 3, David says that God leads us for his name's sake. Hmm. In Psalm 31, verses 3 and 4, we read, For your name's sake, you lead me. For your name's sake, you guide me. For your name's sake, you take me out of the net that has been hidden for me. You are my refuge. Psalm 31, verses 3 and 4. Victory, which I'm assuming you want to live in, because I know I do, victory over lust, victory over porn, victory over masturbation, victory over any form of sexual impurity. That victory is yours only because of what God has done, because of what God is doing, and because of what God will do for you. It is strictly for his name's sake that he takes you out of the net and sets you free. I want you to consider what God told Gideon in Judges chapter 7, verse 2. He said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Did you catch that? It's the same for you. It's the same for me. It's the same regarding our war against sexual temptation. It is for God's name's sake that he will give us the victory. Listen, you did not, you cannot, you will not win any sexual battle on your own. You've proven that, and so have I. So I challenge you to pray right along with the psalmist these words. Help me, O God of my salvation. For the glory of your name, deliver me. Atone for my sins, for your name's sake. Psalm 79, 9. Listen to the prayer of Jeremiah, chapter 14, verse 7, which says, Though our iniquities testify against us, act, O Lord, for your name's sake. Our backslidings are many. We have sinned against you. Jeremiah 14, 7. Okay, we're going to hit the pause button here until next week's episode, and I look forward to continuing this ongoing study with you. But as I close this particular episode, I I just want you to know how deeply honored I am that you've chosen to share your time with me today, that you've chosen to listen to this episode in its entirety. I have a favor to ask of you. Would you prayerfully and seriously consider joining us in being a vital part of the Pure Man Ministry. You see, we are actively praying for, we are seeking, we are looking, we're asking God to provide us with Purity Coach partners, people who will commit to supporting this ministry in two major areas. First and most important is to support us faithfully and regularly in prayer. Now, let me clarify, because I'm talking about a whole lot more than just, dear God, please bless Steve. Please bless the ministry that he's involved in. I think it has to do with purity of some sort. (laughs) As important as it is to, to pray something like that, we need partners in this ministry who are praying for us daily, praying for wisdom as we counsel, praying for protection as the enemy tries almost daily to stop us in our tracks, to shut us down, praying 
praying for the men that are entrenched and enslaved in this sin, and, and, and women as well, praying for their freedom, praying for victory, praying for clarity as they open the Word of God and study the Scripture, praying for their personal spiritual growth, praying for their families, their wives, their children, their churches even. We need, capital N, capital E, capital E, capital D, bold print, underline, star it, circle it, highlight it. We need faithful prayer partners who will commit to praying for the Pure Man Ministry on a regular basis. So would you consider becoming a Purity Prayer Partner, please? We also desperately need partners who choose to come alongside of us and support this ministry financially. Here's why. We are a donor-supported, faith-based, not-for-profit ministry. Everything that we do here is dependent upon God's people giving to this ministry financially. So if this episode, if this podcast, if the description of this ministry speaks to your heart, if you share our burden, to reach men and women across the globe with a message of freedom, victory, hope, healing, and restoration through the cleansing power of the Word of God as it's led by the Holy Spirit, would you please join our team of Purity Partners? We're looking for monthly supporters, people whom God is calling to support us with gifts of $10 a month, $25 a month, $50, $100 per month, I'll even go as far as to say someone would say, hey, Steve, we'll give you $1,000 a month. Wouldn't that be awesome? But your financial support of any amount, and I'm serious, any amount to this ministry is greatly appreciated, and it's very much needed. And on top of that, as a special thank you for your gift to this ministry, it's tax deductible. So if God is moving in your heart to become a financial partner with us, You can visit our website at thepuritycoach.com. That's thepuritycoach, all one word, dot com. Click on the Donate button. It's the upper right corner of the webpage, and you can give your tax-deductible donation today. Again, that's thepurity, P-U-R-I-T-Y, coach.com, and click on the Donate button. Well, as we close today's episode, I just want to remind you that if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, oh, I want to encourage you, do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our special episodes that are coming up. So until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thinking.